the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 14. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Be seated. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. By way of some context this morning, we are in Matthew's Gospel right where we left off last Sunday morning, which is on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus, uh, after hearing the news that King Herod had killed his brother and his cousin and spiritual forebear, John the Baptist, had then directed his disciples to take him by boat across the sea for some private time, some prayer time, some personal time, some time to grieve, away from the teeming crowds who anymore were teeming around him pretty much constantly, only to find when he got there that the crowds had thronged by land to that same place and were waiting for him when he arrived. And we then read that despite the interruption to his plans, Jesus had compassion for them. We did some study on that word compassion last week as it's, as it's used in the Greek and we learned that compassion is a biblical word meaning not only deeply viscerally feeling for others but also being moved to action on behalf of others. Compassion in other words is not totally compassionate until it comprises not only the things you feel but also the things you do. In Jesus case that meant spending the whole day healing others and then come the end of the day miraculously feeding them, thousands of them, with just five loaves and two fish. And that takes us to the reading for today which begins by saying that Jesus then immediately made the disciples get in the boat and go to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. We aren't told whether or not the disciples wondered how this plan was going to play out as in how was he going to catch up to them and when, when were they going to see him again if they took off in the boat and went to the other side. What we are told rather is just that even maybe without understanding the whole plan um, he said go and they did. which. I just want to point out that there's a lot of times in Scripture where they get it wrong, but here's a time in, in Scripture where they got it absolutely right. And then finally, Jesus got what he wanted, what he had felt himself needing ever since he had heard about the death of his friend and cousin, 
as he then, says Matthew, went up the mountain by himself to pray. Surely his prayers included his grief. As he considered again the death to which John's faithfulness in the face of King Herod's sin had led him. Surely too, because Matthew tells us the other Gospels too, that Jesus is increasingly becoming aware of this. Surely too, his prayers included his coming awareness of the fact that there would be a death which his faithfulness in the face of the world's sin would also lead him to. But surely above all there was for him in his prayers, which is why he craved this prayer time so much. He wanted his disciples to know the same thing. Surely for him in his prayers there was that peace of God that passes all understanding and fills hearts and minds and souls. Come what may and come what will. Which takes us to the disciples who it turns out out there on the sea in that boat were having kind of a time of it because the wind had picked up and shifted out of the south so now it was blowing in their faces and so evening, now as evening turned into night, getting where Jesus had told them to go was turning into work. And unlike um, a different Bible story um, out there on the Sea of Galilee, this particular wind against them was a strong wind, but it wasn't an overly stormy one. Um, so it was just against them, and they were experienced fishermen. Um, this wasn't scary to them. They were just working up a sweat. They weren't scared, though, until later in the night, early in the morning, they saw someone, something, out there on the water walking toward them as though the water were solid ground and it was Jesus, but they did not know it was Jesus. They thought it was a ghost. And so they were afraid, even though, technically speaking, they had no real reason to be afraid, right? Because what was coming at them wasn't scary. It was Jesus. It's just they didn't know it was Jesus. And so they were frightened, uh, even though they had no real reason to be, which we don't criticize them for, because, of course, we sometimes have been afraid, too, um, when, given the promises of Jesus that are wrapped around us, the truth is we really had no real reason to be either. But just when the disciples had worked themselves into a pretty much collective panic attack for fear, this ghost, this scary thing speaks, and now it sounds like Jesus. And the voice says, don't be afraid, it's me. Peter says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. And Peter gets out, the boat, out of the boat and starts walking on the water toward Jesus, which is to say that at this moment, Peter is doing something that can't be done, right? And he's doing it at the invitation of Jesus and with his eyes on Jesus. That's enough to get a person thinking. Are there things that can't be done today? Things that, steps that couldn't possibly be taken today? Except that you could take them? For Jesus is inviting you to, and your eyes are on him. Peter, with his eyes on Jesus, does what can't be done. He walks on water right up until he starts thinking about what he's doing. And then he starts thinking about the fact, the fact, there is no possible way he could be doing what he's doing. At which point he then takes his eyes off of Jesus, looks instead at the waves which the wind is churning up. He starts to sink beneath them and he's terrified all over again. Which gives us something else we're thinking about, I think. Fear sees frightening things as standing between us and Jesus. Faith sees Jesus standing with us midst frightening things. 
Fear sees waves as separating us from Jesus. Faith sees Jesus standing with us on the waves. Peter, turning his eyes from Jesus toward the waves, starts sinking into his fears. Many of us have been there. And he cries out, Lord, save me. Many of us have been there. Lord, save me is sometimes referred to as the shortest prayer in the Bible. Oftentimes, short prayers are enough. Indeed, sometimes shorter prayers may be our, our truest prayers because there's no room in them for posturing or rationalizing or trying to impress. There's only our need cried out to Jesus, the one whom we know we need, the one whom Peter knew he needed, and the one who now reached out his hands, lifted him up, and holding him by the hand said, Oh, Peter, such little faith. Why did you doubt? It is that kind of bit of a rebuke of Peter by Jesus in the story which gives birth to the most common point often lifted from this story, that being the oft-made point that you and I shouldn't be like Peter. We should instead uh, keep our eyes on Jesus when waters are choppy and footing beneath us seems impossible to find so that we don't start sinking into the threatening waters of our fears. And that point is true. It's altogether true. I'm truly sure I have preached that sermon uh, more than once. When waves are choppy and winds are blowing, keep your eyes on Jesus, not on the waves. And that will many times be exactly the difference between staying above it all or sinking in it all. So to the degree that this story shows Peter missing that point, it is true. We shouldn't be like him. Except I'm thinking this week that it's just as true. And maybe even more so that this story calls us in the exact opposite direction. As it calls us to realize there are times when we're called to be more like Peter in this story. In his willingness to step out of the boat onto the waves. Because that's where Jesus was. And that's where he heard Jesus calling it to him saying, come walk with me. Peter may well have had only a little faith. But he stepped out where that faith led him. Unlike the other 11, perhaps also us who have our own little bit of faith, but too often we don't step out with it. Instead, we hunker down in our boats, clinging tightly to the security of things which ultimately aren't secure at all. The difference between Peter and the others, the difference between Peter and us, many times I suspect, is the difference between st stepping out where faith tells you to go versus hunkering down where fear tells you to stay. Thinking about Wayne Gretzky's, uh, I think it's an accurate quote attributed to him, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And with that quote in mind, I'm thinking about Peter, and what I'm thinking is this, say what you will about him, say what you will about his impetuousness, say what you will about the number of times he's mentioned up in the Bible for speaking up and jumping up without thinking, say what you will about the number of the times that he messed up and screwed up and got in over his head, say all, about that, all of that about Peter, but also say this, in this scene anyway, he wasn't afraid to take the shot, to do the thing he felt called by Jesus to do. And so while the eleven hunker down in their boats, afraid of anything that steps them beyond where they feel secure, Peter leaves his boat and steps out on the water because that's where Jesus is and that's where he heard Jesus saying, don't be afraid, come walk with me. Where 
I'm thinking in your life, in my life, in our life together as Gloria Day, might we be called to be more like Peter? Where beyond our safe places is Jesus calling you or me or us together to walk? Where are the waters he's standing on right now looking at us hunkered down in our little boat and saying, hey, come out here, take the shot, walk with me. Maybe in your case he's calling you to walk on the waters of not just feeling bad or shaking your head about issues of racial justice, but getting more informed, getting more involved, and being an advocate who actually is an against the wind participants to do some things about racial injustice that are actually needed. Maybe in your case there's somebody who's wronged you. And the false security you're hanging on to is that grudge which you feel strengthened by but is actually a toxin within you. And there's Jesus standing on the water of forgiveness and saying, hey, walk with me. Because one thing this world of mine surely doesn't need is any more people hell-bent on grudges and getting back and getting even. My world needs more people who are heaven-bent, for theirs is the bent of grace. Or maybe you hear him saying, walk with me on the so very, these days, against the wind waters of, of, of kindness. Doing those countless little things that build others up while so many around are doing their countless petty things to tear others down. Walk with me on the waters of compassion. Caring for others, not only with your feelings, but also with your actions. Walk with me on the waters of generosity. Giving more instead of clinging to that oh so popular but fake security of those who want to keep grabbing more. Maybe in your case he's calling you and my goodness you've always been so afraid of this because you know you couldn't possibly do this. But maybe in your case nevertheless there he is calling you to say his name to out loud name the name of Jesus in a world which may not even realize it but oh my goodness could it ever use some Jesus because so many are running around naming only their own names and we are swamped in the toxically polluted waters of all of that or maybe in your case he's calling you to name his name in a way that is counter speak to those who are these days who are naming the name of Jesus so loudly but in so doing they seem over and over again only to be naming someone who hates the same people they do which is to say they're not naming the name of Jesus at all just read this morning Russell Moore a former leader in the Southern Baptist Convention heard that call to action when someone uh, responded to several quotes from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount by asking, where did you get all of those liberal talking points? I could go on, but I hope the point is clear enough. You and I and we together as Gloria Day can live a safe life, hunkered down where fear says stay put, or like Peter, we could take a risk or two. Stepping out on the unknown choppy waters where Jesus is and from where Jesus says, don't be afraid. I'm here. Come on, take the shot. Walk with me. And if maybe once in a while, like Peter, you step outside of your boat only to start sinking in the water, could happen. Guess what? So what? 
That's a time to learn that that's not something to be afraid of, but that's a time to learn something Peter actually couldn't learn until he started to sink, and that is that when he was weak, Jesus was strong. And Jesus was at his side to see him through and lift him up. It's easy, it's common, guided by fear, to live the really quite less than full lives of never taking a risk or stepping out of a boat for Christ's sake. If that's more often than you'd like, a description of you, you could pray a short prayer, not as short as Peter's, but a prayer that went something like this, Lord, make me more like Peter. Willing to step into waters I've never stepped in before because that's where you are. And I do hear your voice saying, don't be afraid. Come, get out of your boat, walk with me. Amen.